Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., who you got? Two of the best receivers in football go against each other on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. We'll look at that matchup on this edition of the Rick and Tom Podcast. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us wherever you are. Maybe you're in your car, maybe you're at work, maybe on a run, wherever. We're glad you're listening. Hopefully you've subscribed to the podcast. We're here for you each and every weekday. First thing, giving you the latest in Tampa Bay sports. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen on SoundCloud and TampaBay.com. Follow us on Twitter, Rick Tom Podcast, or you can follow Rick at NFL Stroud or me at Tom W. Jones and Rick. You wrote about it for the Tampa Bay Times, so we're giving folks a little bit of a sneak preview here, the comparison between Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans and Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. And what makes this such a great comparison is both were taken in the 2014 draft. Evans, 7th overall to the Bucks, Beckham, 12th overall to the Giants. And Rick, I think if you were to ask either team if they'd want a do-over, I don't think they would. I think they're perfectly happy with both of their players. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was it was really arguably one of the best receiver class. I mean, I guess the only thing that would rival that would be like 1996 when there was Keyshawn Johnson and Marvin Harrison, Terrell Owens, Armani Toomer. Um, but you're right. I mean, both these guys have been highly productive. They, they do it different ways for sure. Um, and I think that, you know, certainly uh, Beckham has had his share of, you know, selfish drama if you will um <laughs> including last week when he you know when he when he lifted his leg like a dog uh that didn't which i thought job. was hilarious <laughs> hilarious i am not amused uh but yeah he went on to say that that was some kind of political statement i've heard of kneeling i haven't heard of squatting or fire hydranting or whatever they call it but uh sad but- it's sad he's a loser <laughs> he's a loser for doing that <laughs> it's very sad <laughs> apparently he thought he was a b-word but he was not. Um, it was 15 yards is what it was. It cost his team. But, um, but you know, uh, it, it's, it's really, you know, it's cool to see, um, you know, two of the premier receivers, uh, you know, kind of on the same field. And they're playing each other, obviously. But uh, I, I've long suspected that a couple things with, with uh, Odell Beckham and why his star seems to have risen faster and further is – the, the market he plays in. I mean, he plays for the New York Giants. I mean, that is the media capital of the world. Lots of endorsement opportunities, et cetera. You know, he's got the hair. He's got the one-handed catch and warm-ups and all that stuff. Um, and in addition to being a really good player. And don't forget, he got to play with Eli Manning every single <laughs> Absolutely, year. Absolutely, yes. I mean, if you go back when Mike Evans came aboard, with all due respect to, yeah, 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 Josh McCown, right. um, you know, you went from Josh to – um, you know, then, then after Josh, there was Mike Glennon and then the rookie year, you know, um, Jameis, that, uh, right. Jameis kind of, kind of hunkered through. So it's been a little more of a, of a uneven playing field at times. And I think the giants in general just had better football teams. I mean, they've been, you know, they've, they've been more competitive from the, from the jump start, but their numbers are still very similar and, and, uh, actually they're good friends. So it's going to be, 
going to be fun, I think, to see those two on the field together. You know what's odd? I don't know if you know um, who they. Neither one was the first overall wide receiver taken no. that year. You know, mm. Sammy Watkins was Sammy the Watkins. fourth. He went fourth overall to the Buffalo Bills. He's not even with the Bills organization anymore. He's out in L.A. now with yep. the Rams. And so you would have to say clearly Evans and Beckham are the two wide receiver, the best wide receivers out of that draft. You mentioned their numbers, Rick, and I, you know, I won't get bogged down with a bunch of numbers, but very simply Beckham has had better numbers in his first three years, 301 catches to Evans, 252. So there are 50 more there receiving yards, about 500 more for Beckham and then touchdowns. Touchdowns very similar, actually Beckham 37, Mike Evans, 28. But as you mentioned, Rick, the big difference there, their rookie seasons. And if you go back to Mike Evans' rookie season, he caught 68 passes, which is a pretty nice year for a rookie. Yeah. Over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns as a rookie. Beckham had 12 touchdowns as a rookie. That he had way more catches, 91 for like 1,300 yards. But I think, yeah, you could definitely point to one guy was playing with Eli Manning. And don't, let's not forget at that time, I, I want to say Victor Cruz was still a big part of that offense. Yeah. You know, Dale Beckham Jr.'s rookie year. Well, so the one would, the one thing, though, would, about... You know, he had a little help, you know, or somebody taking he off had, somebody's attention. He did. He did. But the one thing that you got to remember about Beckham in, in his rookie year was he missed four games. He missed, like, the whole month of September. Yes. So, you know, if you consider his production and the fact that he, he played, in, I think, in only, like, 12 games or 12 starts, that that's really saying something. And, of course, he had you know, the, the catch of the year. I mean, the one that became a viral meme, you know, of him mm-hmm. reaching back with his left hand and, you know, levitating over, over uh, the Cowboys defensive back. And, um, you know, that thing, that thing is, is replayed. And it was the play of the year uh, that won it for the ESPYs in 2014. Ironically, last year, Mike Evans, the one-handed catch against Atlanta, won play of the year uh, at the ESPYs. So they even have that sort of in common. And, um, you know, it's just they're they they're different guys i mean body types clearly odell beckham is a guy who is really dangerous after he catches the ball you know he's he's a run after the catch guy um if you don't have leverage on him if you don't have the right angle on him and that starts at the line of scrimmage then once he gets his hands on the ball he can split a defense and go 60 yards on on you know they run a lot of slant routes they run a lot of of uh you know sort of you know hooks and and, and, and ways of in routes and, and ways of getting him in space. Um, whereas Evans, um, that's probably the weakest part of his game, you know, is running after the catch. Um, but he's a, he's a big bodied guy that can still get down the field. And, and because of his size being six foot five, you know, can, can out muscle a lot of people and is just really, really good pretty much all over the field. And I think Evans is a guy too, Rick, that is going to get better and better. I think he's shown that he's been better and better in his career. Remember early in his career, he had some drop issues and it was something that was a major concern after his rookie season. Those have pretty much gone away. It'll occasionally happen now and then you'll see him drop a ball. But for the most part, I think he's become a dominant wide receiver. I think he's the Bucs. If you're asking me to list the best football player, just football player on the Bucs, I think it's Mike Evans right now. I think he's going to be an unbelievable player for the next seven, eight, nine years. I think he he will at one point in his career be the best receiver. Having said that, if you're asking me just as football players, not let's forget about sort of the distractions and the off the field stuff or the, the, the behavior outside of the lines. If you go to the sidelines, I'm, I'm not counting that part either, but if you just ask me, who's the, who's the better receiver right now, I'd probably at this point take Odell Beckham jr. Just slightly 
Now, if we start adding in the other stuff, as far as distraction and prima donna and diva and that sort of thing, then I think I might I might rather have Mike Evans. Yeah, well, they're both very emotional players. I, I think Mike has learned to control his. He'll tell you that you know when he came into the league, he was a guy that would fight a lot of receiver, or a lot of defensive backs. He would fight with the officials. He would he would get personal fouls for mouthing off quite a bit. And you know he's 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 a guy that's gotten married. He has a couple children now. His wife has actually calmed him down somewhat, and his focus is better. And, and he you know that that lack of focus, I think sort of led him to some drops uh, two years ago before Todd Munkin came aboard. And he was a guy that, if you talk to Todd, says, you know, Mike fought himself. I mean, like, he would beat himself up over one drop, and then it would become four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that year he led the NFL. I think he had 12, 11 or 12. And so uh, the next year when Munkin came in, um, you know, with Dirk Cutter's staff, um, they really, really grinded and worked on concentration and, and, and catching the football. And he gave them, you know, self-help books about don't sweat the small stuff and, you know, trying to get all the clutter sort of out of his mind. And it really worked, but he was so focused on just catching the ball that he didn't do much with it. And it was hard to do anything with it because, you know, Mike has never had that off receiver. I mean, Vincent Jackson, his last two years, uh, really was was past his prime and, and beat up and, and not on the field. So everybody has always rotated, you know, over to Mike's side, and they've tried to move him around. But when he catches the football, there's usually a crowd. And so, you know, uh, because he had trouble catching it and securing it, he typically would get down and get what he could and try not to expose it to being stripped or, or what have you. And now I think that, uh, you know, with Deshaun Jackson – You'll see a lot, a lot more space. I think when Mike catches a ball, some more one-on-ones, and so the next level for him is to try to see if he can, you know, be more explosive because he can run. It just takes him a little while to get those legs going. But he, he was a four-four-five guy too. But I would agree. Won't you? Don't you agree with me that when it comes to just sort of, I don't. There's no other way to put it. Just the BS. I think. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to cause you more problems. And I, and I don't no know question. because he's peeing on a football or he's, no. he's acting up. He's marrying the, uh, the, the net, the kicking net on the sidelines and knocking <laughs> that over. And, you know, it just, and some of it's funny. And some Taking of it's off his shirt, going on a boat in the bye week or the, before <laughs> yeah, the playoffs. Thank you. Exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> now, I know what other people are saying in terms – I can hear some people out there as they're listening to this podcast saying, well – Hold on a second now. No, Mike they're Evans saying, you little... guys, you don't know what you're talking about there. Because Mike Evans has a little bit of an issue in terms of, according to some, that, you know, with this whole kneeling for the national anthem. But here's what I would say about that. I came away more impressed last year, a year ago. I was unsure about Mike Evans a year ago in terms of his maturity, in terms of his whether he got too emotional during games. And I watched how he handled, whether you agree with it or not, uh, his protest a year ago, but just how he dealt with it, just how he dealt with people who were criticizing him, how he dealt with the media in the days after that, and then how he's also dealt with it this year as well. And while it may be a distraction for fans and they don't like him doing it, it's not hurting the ball club. I think some of the things that Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. does might ultimately hurt his team in some ways. In fact, no, it, it was, has. There's, there's, it, there's no might about it. He got pulled off the field that one time. Remember when he got into it yeah. with with Josh Norman because he was out of control out there, and so I do think that there's. I've never felt that way that Mike Evans was going to cost you. Now he blew up on the field the other day, in uh, in Minnesota, 
but yeah. I don't I don't know that it that really impact impacted his play in any way. No, he was that was probably their last chance um, after that interception. So he was mad that they had virtually no chance to win the game. You know, and, and the thing about Mike is Mike. You know, Mike would do things uh, out of uh, the desire to win, not to draw attention to himself. Um, I talked to a scout today because I was I wanted to know kind of what they thought of these two players. You know, when they were both coming out, right. and the consensus was that you know, no one was a better athlete or more explosive than Odell Beckham. No one, not Sammy Watkins, not Mike Evans. Right. The reason why, um, you know he dropped to where he was uh, below Mike Evans and below Sammy Watkins is exactly the, the things you see on the field today. Um, you know, I mean, they, they simply don't, you know, he, he has this habit of, of, you know, just exploding and doing the wrong thing and it winds up hurting his football team. I mean, it's, it's one thing to get mad at yourself and kick an ice bucket, you know, or, or even, you know, in the case of like you mentioned his demonstrations, that that's not something that's going to cost his team 15 yards. Now you can argue, you know, concentration and perception and all those things. But what Odell Beckham does is, is a look at me, um, totally selfish act that drives, you know, almost everybody, especially uh, coach McAdoo crazy. And that's, that's something you don't get with Evans. No. And I think in the long run, as I said, no, Odell Beckham Jr. has been a great football player on the field. And I think he makes spectacular catches and I'm not taking anything away from it as just pure football players. Beckham might be the better guy right now. But if you're asking me who I, who I would take considering everything on field, off field locker room, I think I would go with Mike Evans at this point. Now, where do these guys rank Rick? Do you think overall in receivers? I was looking, everybody has a list, right? I went to just before the podcast, I was, messing around yeah. on the internet and I find like a Fox sports listing of the top five. And I think most people agree that these are the top five wide receivers and you might like put them in different orders. They had Evans at number five. They had uh, Beckham at number three. OJ AJ green was in the middle at number four and then the top two. And these, these two, I think Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, Antonio these are, Brown. These are, I believe they're the two best receivers in football. Personally, yeah, I, I don't disagree I would, with that. I would take Antonio Brown. Now, here's the difference, and we've talked about this as well. Julio Jones and Antonio Brown, they may be more talented than the other three guys on the list, but I also know this. They play with the two or the better quarterbacks on that list because you're talking about A.J. Green plays with Andy Dalton, Mike Evans plays with Jameis Winston, and OBJ plays with Eli Manning, who's been good for his career but not so good the last couple of years. Let's face it. Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger are, are way ahead at this point in the last few years than Jameis or Eli Manning or Andy Dalton. I'd much rather be playing for those guys with those guys. And that's why I think there's a big reason why those two guys are the best receivers in football. Yeah, I think it's a function of, of their offense. But, I mean, you don't take anything away from them. Eh, me and Julio <laughs> down by the schoolyard, Jones. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's just sort of this, uh, uh, you know, what I like about him is that when he wasn't getting the ball, he affects the game and doesn't complain about it. I mean, Julio right. Jones is a guy that you, you talk about lack of drama. Um, oh, absolutely. That's, if you, if you talk to the Falcons, he's all about winning. Um, he kind of figures he'll get his numbers, sort of a boring guy off the field for the most part, likes to fish, you know, um, <laughs> sort of, and, and so it's, it, you know, numbers wise and just production wise and the fact of where they've taken their teams. Yeah. Um, 
and Matt Ryan is, you know, is what, 30, 31 years old, mm-hmm. which is a good reason why, you know, Jones has been the benefactor of, of, of that experience. Now, you know, to have Evans and Jameis grow up and go through this league together, and right. as Jameis gets better, I mean, they've already, you can see it, uh, you know, they already have the body language that, they, that he can read. It's rare that you see, you know, I mean, occasionally, obviously last year, Jameis forced a lot of balls to him. He had the most targets of anybody in the league, but that was because there wasn't many options, right? But you can see that when it, when it really comes down to crunch time, Jameis sort of has a really good feel for where Mike Evans is going to be. And, you know, that's that sort of chemistry is only going to improve. What he doesn't have right now is he doesn't have any chemistry with Deshaun Jackson. And I actually right. think that that cost them dearly in the game at Minnesota. I mean, you saw it when Jackson beats him on a post route and he underthrows the ball. That That's nothing but experience or lack of experience with a wide receiver that can fly. And he doesn't have it with Jackson. If he gets that and he's going to have to get it quickly, then then you're going to see a real uh, nice one-two punch there that the Bucks have, have under receiver. Well, and I, that's an absolutely great point because you look at some of these other guys, Antonio Brown plays on an offense. That's ex- they have a great running game, obvi- obviously, with Bell. And he's played with some other really good wide receivers and a good tight mm-hmm. end. And then you look at, at Julio Jones. Atlanta's typically had a pretty good running game since he's been there. Oh, they've Not added Muhammad the Sanu. They've, they, right. you know, they've got good running backs, all, you know, across the board. Um, you're right; they're loaded, and they got speed everywhere. And then you look at, uh, you look at Mike Evans. As you said, he's he's not had a good running game for much of his career, part of his career here yeah. in Tampa Bay. And that's you mentioned too. It's funny how I, I said how maybe I would take Antonio Brown because his numbers. Antonio Brown's numbers are absolutely ridiculous in the way he impacts a game as well. But you talk about drama again, maybe that's where you would give a little check mark to Julio Jones over Antonio Brown because let's face it, Antonio Brown can be a he's as big a diva as there is, and he's a guy that remember. I mean, the guy was doing a Facebook Live while their speeches are being given awesome, in man. the locker room. Um, <laughs> we're not going to have that. Um, yeah, that and was. It's, it's, yeah, so so again, that's that's where again, right? I like Mike Evans a lot because Mike Evans, I think, ultimately is going to be a guy that's not uh, not full of drama, and uh, I think will do the right thing and plays hard. and And I, I agree with you too. Once Deshaun Jackson, I once Deshaun Jackson gets going here, then I think it's going to be okay. Let me ask you this though, Rick. You know Deshaun a little bit, and it's early. I know it's early. If those guys don't get a chemistry, and when I say those guys, I mean Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston. Could there end up being a problem? Would Deshaun Jackson at all mouth off, or do you think that he's he's going to be patient before he starts complaining to us about not getting the football? Well, I mean, it doesn't do him any good to talk to us. Um, I think he'll. I think he's already in his quarterbacks here. Um, you know, look at this is going to be a story to watch, and and I know Deshaun, and he's never. I mean, if you talk to the people that he's played with. Um, they think he's a great teammate, and Deshaun has always wanted to win. I know that. Uh, you know, does he does he think about his numbers? Well, I think as much as any receiver wants the ball because they think they can be the, the difference in the game. And Deshaun's no different from that standpoint. But when you pay a guy $30 million, $30.5 million, and you say, you know, you're the missing piece, you're, you're, you're going to make us win, then I think the quarterback and that receiver feels the pressure to start making plays as soon as the sooner the better. And you might see, and we may have seen it again in Minnesota, 
And I don't know that Deshaun's coming back lobbying for the football. Only those guys would know that. But I think Jameis feels a responsibility to try to, you know, when, when the matchup is there, to make sure that he, he gives them a chance, you know. And, and that chemistry is not there with them yet. He's never had – Jameis Winston, since he's been here, has never had a guy that could run like that. And, and in fact, it's rare anywhere in the league. So, you know, I, I think you may see more interceptions. I think you may see times when, you know, Jameis is, is still trying to, to read the option route or still trying to figure out, you know, how far he can throw it um, and still have, you know, Deshaun catch it. And I, I do think that that's, a, that's something to watch. I thought it was something to watch at Minnesota. You know, he got in the end zone, which I think was a big thing for Deshaun, um, you know, to realize that, you know, he can help them score. But, they, you know, they only targeted him. What he, he caught, I think, I want to say he caught four balls or five balls for 80-something yards. One was a 32-yarder. But I think they only targeted him seven times. I mean, they, they went to Mike Evans way more than that. Yeah, they went to him in double digits. But here's the thing about Jameis Winston. Just, and I don't know this for a fact, my guess is, he hears it from everybody all the time. He probably oh, goes yeah. back to the college days. He's going to do what he thinks is best for the team. And sure. if that means throwing a ball to Mike Evans 27 times in a game, if that means they're going to win, I think he'd do it. I think. Right. That, and, and he'll put up with the drama. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to get the ball to other people or he's going to not throw it to other people. But I think he's going to do what's best for the Bucks. And I think he's such a guy that I think he can talk to people and say, look, I'm working with you here. I, I, I do think he could – he has the right personality to diffuse any problems that could arise with people complaining about not getting the ball enough. That's just a gut feeling on my part. Yeah. And we don't know that anyone's complaining, but I, I do right. think that, I do think that when you, you know, when you, when you get a new toy, you want to play with it. And I really, I, I, I think it's natural to say, you know, he's still looking for Mike Evans and crunch time, but if he sees a matchup and he's got to give, You've got to give that guy a chance to get behind the defense and get and throw those opportunity balls to him. You just have to, because otherwise, you know, he he's, you know, he's a decoy and he's not just going to run nine routes all day to try to you know clear out zones. I mean, he you're going to have to, but that's also up to Dirk Cutter to some extent. Although Dirk will tell you, well, we have you know something for all five receivers and it's based on what the defense does. But you do have to design some things to to move guys around to get them involved, and that's going to be something to watch. Should be a lot of fun Sunday. Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr. By the way, Beckham was asked a bunch to, on uh, on Wednesday about Trump and protests, and he's he uh, he pulled out the belt. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check speech. I mean, because I'm just worried about Tampa. I don't really... I'm talking about Tampa now. Oh, no, was it a response to the president's comments? I, I think I, I was just telling him I was, we're talking about Tampa, if that's cool with you. He must have said the word Tampa like 74 times in his speech. Not Bay. No, talking about no Tampa. Bay. Just, just Tampa. Yeah. No, not Tampa Bay. <laughs> no Bay. No Bay. Just Tampa. He's only worried ah. about Tampa. Anyway, uh, that'll be on Sunday. Should be a lot of fun. Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr. It's not, it's not very often you get to see two, even though they're not going against each other per se. 
it's too, right. it's fun to see two of the, the great receivers in the game on the same field on the same day. Let's go to the other side of the ball real quick, Rick, because you were out at one buck place. And what's the latest with Levante, David, Quan Alexander? Any chance those guys play on Sunday? Uh, I don't think there's much of a chance, and it would seem like the Bucks have pretty much written off any chance just because in talking to Mike Smith today, you know, he all but allowed that, uh, you know, they're going to have to have Kendall Beckwith as their Mike linebacker, and he will actually be wearing the helmet transmitter. So in his third NFL game, um, a, a kid that's just a rookie trying to figure it out in a different position than the one he, he learned or was expected to play, which was strong side linebacker, he now finds himself as the Mike linebacker taking over for Quan Alexander. And last week when they went to Minnesota, they actually gave the play calling, the helmet transmitter, and that's that's what they use, what Mike Smith would use to talk directly to the middle linebacker or to a linebacker. Only one player is designated to wear that, that green sticker on their helmet, which has a transmitter inside, and it was Levante David that was – responsible for getting the calls to all three levels of the defense, setting the defense uh, until he got hurt. And so, you know, Beckwith, they had to transfer the helmet and Beckwith had it for, but it was at the end of the game, there probably wasn't more than, you know, a series or so that Beckwith had to do it. Well, now, you know, imagine this chess match because the, the success of the New York Giants and what has made Eli Manning so successful is not that unlike his brother is his ability um, to adjust based on what he's seeing from the defense. And so here will be Beckwith, a rookie, just trying to get guys lined up, right? I mean, he, <laughs> he gets the call. He has, to, he has to relate it to all three levels. They'll be yelling back at him, what? And, uh, and, and, so, so he, and while he's doing that, Eli he's vomiting, is moving. He's, he's vomiting <laughs> at the same time, yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> and while he's doing that, and his mouth is dry, no one can hear him, um, Eli, Man- yeah. Eli Manning is, um, is, is playing chess while the rest are playing checkers. So <laughs> this is going to be quite the, quite the setup. I mean, the, the opportunity for some, from blown coverages, um, is, is pretty heavy, but then again, how much worse could they do than last week? Right. Well, we'll get into more of the matchup on our Football Friday podcast as the Giants and the Bucks. We'll find out more about Brent Grimes. Maybe we'll know a little bit more about the injury situation. Brent was back, by the way. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, there's good news there because they found out last week just how much they miss Brent Grimes when he's not Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, So that's coming up. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I miss her. She's been quiet lately. Well, you she, know, there's nothing to talk about. He, she's not then again, I'm blocked. She's blocked me on Twitter, so she may be blocked. Stuff. Yeah, I got blocked. I'm blocked. Yeah, she. Blo- <laughs> I don't even know what I did. I'm not even sure. I never. I. I don't think I. Well, yeah, I did write one column about her. I think, telling her to calm down. Yeah, that probably did it. I'm pretty sure that's what did it. Um, anyway, we'll get into the, all the uh, rest of the matchups between the Bucks and the Giants, as well as college. Interesting college weekend coming up as well with Florida and Florida State, all the mess going up out at Gainesville. So we'll do that on our Football Friday show. Rick, before we go, we mentioned it on uh, yesterday's podcast that there was a chance that Rick Patino could be in big trouble in Louisville, and he is. He's out at Louisville, at least for now, administrative leave, along with the AD, uh, further decision will be made by the board's trustees at a meeting next month. I'm assuming at that point he'll be fired permanently. Uh, a, yeah. Rick, are you surprised that Patino got caught up in the wash on this? And does he ever, he's 65 now. Does he ever get another job in, in, in college basketball or the NBA, I guess, for that matter? Uh, I, well, if you include the NBA, I say no and yes. Um, no, you I'm might, not surprised. NBA? 
NBA might give him a shot. Well, possibly. I mean, I think yeah. he's going to coach basketball. I mean, I, yeah, he's 65, but what the hell? He was all in for this year until this happened. He could be one it, of no, those guys that ends up at a school like in the middle of Texas that you like some well, division. I mean, how long? School, what did Larry Brown do? You know, I mean, Larry yeah. Brown kept coaching and he's been to a million places. The thing about Ricky P is that you can only say, I, well, I have, I did not know. I, 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 this is a big surprise to me. You can only say that once. You can only use the, I didn't know it was going on once card. Right. Um, not only did they take out Rick, they're taking out the AD too. Yeah. Whose daughter, by the way, was a representative of Adidas. <gasps> Just really? a coincidence. How did that happen? <laughs> Just a coincidence. My I'm guess shocked. is that. Yeah, I don't, you know, just a, it's a great company and they have known the apparel rights. Uh, Louisville does, uh, or they do to Louisville. So this thing's a mess and it's going to take out more coaches. I mean, I got to believe that uh, there's going to be a lot of guys. Yeah, there was, um, there's no coach in the country you could tell me. I have as much respect for Mike Shashevsky as anybody. And I kind of like John Calipari because mm -hmm. ever since I watched that documentary on. ESPN to 30 for 30, one and not done or what one and done or whatever it is. And uh, I'm like, I like the fact that he, he totally admits, yeah, we just bring guys in to churn them out and put them in the NBA. There is no coach out there. I don't, I, you can't name a coach who I would be stunned. It's like steroids in baseball. There's yeah. not one baseball player who could tell me, you know, he's, oh, he's on steroids. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. And that's the way I feel about this thing. Here, I, the, my favorite tweet of the day, Jeff Perlman, the writer, he says, when a school that employs Bobby Petrino fires you, you've screwed up. <laughs> you did something wrong. Well, wow. he lost his net because he also fired the AD that hired Bobby Petrino. So, <laughs> there you know, you go. look, Louisville was the one. Didn't they steal the playbook from some school last year or something like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, but let me but, ask you this, Rick. If you're ESPN, do you hire Rick? Rick Petrino is a charismatic guy, knows basketball would probably be great on television. So if you're ESPN or whatever, Fox or who else ABC, has the games, no, CBS, 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 yes. CBS has games, would you hire Rick Pitino to work on your network? Um, maybe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's been guys, look, there's been other guys, I'm sure, become broadcasters after they screwed up in college. Um, this so, is bad screw up though, Rick. We're talking. Let me. I'm just gonna throw out. I'm gonna throw out like three words for you, okay? That okay. That, that that these are word associations with Rick Pitino. Strippers, strippers slash escorts. That's one. You know, uh, Italian restaurant. We know what that one means. And uh, and and now uh, fraud, you know, bribery, um, conspiracy. These are these these are like these are like swarmy things. These are just. You dirty things. It's just I don't know how you. Well, I don't know that, you, like that. I don't know that Italian restaurants and strippers go together. Um, well, Italian restaurants and Ricky P with this, you know. Yes, I understand. I know what happened. Um, yeah. Look, the, the reason this happened. I mean, one quick way to just, fix just to be something. clear, just to be clear, not that Rick Petito's listening to the Rick and Tom podcast, although maybe he is since he's got a lot of free time. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> strippers weren't in the Italian restaurant. This was a. So no, totally, this was totally some other guys, one. This, this is actually some guy's wife, wasn't it? Not yeah, his own. Yeah, but she wasn't a stripper or an escort. No. As Although far she as we may, know. clothes may have been removed. From what we that understand. did happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, 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 the easiest way to alleviate some of this, at least in college basketball, not necessarily in the NFL or in college football, although let's not pretend that there aren't some nervous college football guys right about now, too, um, is that you got to get rid of the one and done's. 
I mean, because the players they're targeting are largely guys that they think are going to the NBA. Maybe right. not the first year, but by the second year or so, or they're shortly thereafter. You know, so if you eliminate the one and dones, then these guys can hire an agent right out of high school, get as much money as they want, sign a shoe contract, and 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 move on. You know, um, I, I just think that that's that's where college basketball needs to start. You know, it, I don't think it helped the college game to get these players. Maybe Kentucky, you know, in in uh, Calipari benefited from it and then everybody started doing it but regardless at least at least for the ones that are heavily paid and compensated and know that they're only going to school for one year um that would remove that you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. that seems like an easy fix to me right but the other thing that and i and i love dick vitale i really do but you know there's been two kind of two sides of this like you hear like seth greenberg say oh this has been going on forever you know, well, Seth was in college basketball. Right. I don't remember him standing on a – I don't know. Maybe he did when he was at Virginia Tech and USF and talk about how all, all his recruits are being paid to go somewhere else. I don't know. Um, I guarantee like was, none of the kids from USF were. But <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> well, Virginia Tech, though. I mean, you know. Virginia Tech. But I. But right. then the other thing, you know, and, I, and again, like I, I love Dick Vitale. I love, love Dick. Yes. I love everything yes. about him and what he has done for the game of college basketball. And I know that he is, he is devastated by this because this is his game, right. you know. Um, but even there seems to be some naivete. I mean, like you mentioned steroids, right? And everybody seemed to be – the word complicit comes, comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe even sports writers to some extent. Like what were we – you know. Well, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire are both going for number 65 today. Like, why wasn't everybody just like, oh, come on, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. let's test these guys now. This is ridiculous. Look at the size of so-and-so. But even, like, when I heard I heard um, a clip of, of Dick, and I know he's devastated, but it was like, I can't believe they got to clean it up. Don't let this happen to I think the scandal for a guy that loves the game like I do in the later years of my life, I eat, sleep, and drink college basketball. It breaks your heart. I mean, we've known, we're not naive to know. We've heard rumors for years about what's transpired. But these are more than rumors now. I mean, it's sad. It seems as me like that the only reason this is a thing today, and it's, a, it's going to be remembered forever, much like the steroids like you mentioned, is because the FBI got involved and somebody had to wear wire. Um, mm-hmm. The NCAA is neither interested or equipped to catch these guys. They're not interested because they're signing billion dollar contracts with TV networks for for NCAA basketball tournaments, okay? And and they're not equipped because they just don't have the people. So, anytime somebody gets caught, it's going to be law enforcement, it's going to be new, it's going to be something like that where somebody rolls over on somebody. And you know, the other the other part of it is just I mean, we talk about this all the time. I've just the, you know, here we the go. Big Rick, money. Rick, the, the Rick Stroud rant starts in three, <laughs> I'm two, one. The big know. money in college sports is professional sports. Can we just call it that, please? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I covered a college fo- a football and basketball for a while, and it was. It seems like a long time ago, but it really nothing has changed. You know, um, everybody's proud of their school. They want to root for the alma mater. But, you know, they get in the big RV to drive an hour away and they load it up with beer and hot dogs and steaks and lobster or whatever the hell they do. And it's some, you know, 
55 year old guy in polyester that you know whose daddy left him 100 acres of orange groves and named the farm in florida and he's gonna go there get you know and, and scream and yell at some 18 year old that you know dog hooks a 50 yard field goal and they lose and i and then then he's gonna drive the winnebago next week to vanderbilt so he can watch them kick the crap out of the commodores I just don't understand with this much money wrapped up, you know, and he's donating. That guy, by the way, is a a bull, gold, seminal, feather hat, whatever, um, you know, donating $3 million a year and, you know, paying $100,000 a year for his club seat slash Sky Suite. It's it just it's such big business that the only one's not getting paid or the reason why these guys are taking money is because they're left out of the loop, you know? So figure it out, people. If you love it that much, (laughs) just figure it out, you know, eliminate all this crap. Call it what it is. It's not amateur athletics. It's just not. Well, it's not, but it is because the guys who should be getting some money, according to you, aren't, are the ones really truly are that are not supposed to be getting money. And and that's the players. And that's right. Really and, and, and I, you know, and, and Seth Greenberg was saying they're complicit too. you know, like you guys know, this is wrong. Your families know this is wrong, but you got your hands out. Well, you're damn right. They got their hands out. I mean, right. where are some of these people coming from? What well, are, they who are the adults here in the room? You know, right. let's be honest. Yeah. And well, you're there's adults around kids. these kids. Well, and no, but I mean, a lot of these kids, well. look, most kids, if I was, uh, an 18 year old kid in my circumstances coming out of high school, I know what's right and wrong, but if somebody had come to me and offered me a large chunk of change, I, me? can I sit there and tell you I wouldn't, wouldn't have done it. No, I might've done it too. Uh, Heck yeah. No. I mean, I wasn't, I was not poor by any chance, by any stretch. And, and I mean, you know, we were a middle-class family and I had a scholarship and all that, but I, I still say this, like I didn't have any money. I was right. in college in Jonesboro, Arkansas. My my meal plan ended at three o'clock Sunday. Guess what? I got hungry before eight a.m. on Monday. Mm-hmm. And where was the money going to come? I wasn't supposed to work. Yeah, you right? weren't allowed to have a job. Right. I wasn't allowed to have a job. No, well, nor I, would you I have got had time anyway. to have a job. Well, you right. wouldn't have time to have. I didn't, but I found during one. baseball and, season. You know, right. I was covering high school. I was doing whatever I could. But the point is, is that you know some of these guys, you know, they they have a lot less than I did going to college, and and you know. You come in and you you play AAU whatever, and here comes the shoe companies that that outfit the teams, and you know how this goes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just I've I've been amused by how out how outraged and sort of how surprised everybody is that you know you got caught potting. No, it sounds like the old Will Clark line. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Now it's it, this is just the tip of the iceberg, or how, whatever is. cliche you want to use. I think over the next couple of months, college basketball is in for a major change, and it's uh, yeah. it's never going to be the same again. It's there, there, ma- massive changes are coming, but there's going to be a lot of collateral damage. I think between how many now coaches and then. get fired? Head coaches? Yeah. Uh, it'll be a dozen before this is over. My guess. That's my guess. It may not. It may take a while. It may not happen like immediately. But I'm telling you what. Wrong. All those. You think it'll be more or less? I. It could be. It could be more. And soon, here's the thing: those guys that they arrested, Chuck Person and all those other assistants. Yeah, I'm telling you what, they're not going to jail. And you know why they're not going to jail? Because they're dropping dime on everybody they know. Heck yeah, they are. And that's the whole point of the. This is how the FBI works, and it doesn't matter in whether you're talking about college sports or conspiracy and dealing with the, the mob or whatever. Yeah. Exactly what 
Their deal is you go after the low-level guys, you bust them, and then the dominoes fall because nobody wants to go to prison. And mm-hmm. that's how they get everybody at the end. And that's why a bunch of guys are going to go down before this is all over. Hey, finally, Rick, the Rays lose to the Yankees 6-1 to one on Wednesday night. I only mention it because it was Tampa Bay's 82nd loss of the season, guaranteeing a losing record. Don't look now, Rick. That's four straight losing seasons. And each year, it just feels like the glory days, such as they were, seem further and further away. Well, we're now in, we're going from the glory days to the gory days because this, this, this franchise, uh, you know, is at four and counting. And, you know, I cover a team that hasn't been in the postseason. They've had winning records, but they haven't been in the postseason in 10 years. It goes by fast. You'd be surprised how fast. And what you're talking about now is the culture that they work so hard to to, to, to develop and, and to become recognized as, you know, competitive and winners and all these things. It's eroding. It's going away. Um, there's not going to be any mystique or any expectations pretty soon, uh, except maybe internally. And that's sad. You know, it's sad for the Rays. I mean, they need they need a winning season. They need the postseason. That's what's that's what. You know, the, the, I've always been told that the regular season is great, but the fans need the postseason. You know, postseason is for your fans. Right. And they don't have it. And it's, it's uh, you know, on the other hand, Joe Madden <laughs> and the Cubs wrapped up the NL Central Division. Yeah, on uh, Wednesday you know, night. On Wednesday clinched. night. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think I read, I'm not sure, I'd have to go back and check this, but seven postseason appearances in 12 major league seasons might be the first manager to have done that. Joe Madden, wow. Wow, that is... That's now I'm not saying that the, that the Rays messed up by letting this guy get out of town, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Two franchises, too. Two franchises. One yeah. that has never won anything yeah. ever until he showed up. Right. Uh, and any other one that had never been to, never been to the postseason in a hundred years. Yeah. Or right, to the right. World Series. Right. Twins, by the way, also clinched a second wild card, so the playoffs are set. The American League will be Twins and Yankees for the wild card. Well, uh, we don't know that yet. We don't know that's that. That's true. Yet. That's true. The Yankees could catch the Red the Sox. The Yankees still. still have a chance right. to catch the Red Sox. In fact, the Red Sox had a comeback uh, on Wednesday night to beat the Blue Jays. They were losing, but the the Red Sox finished with the Houston Astros. Yeah, although Houston, uh, they they will be. I don't know if they have anything left to play for at that point. They may or may not, but I'm just saying. David Price in the bullpen, by the way, in that game on Wednesday night for the Red Sox. Is that right? One final note: There's been a death. Rick, a big time death on I Wednesday know. night. Breaking news: Hugh Hefner passes away at age ninety-one. I had a really bad joke that I can't say even on a podcast, but you know he lived All a good life, life, Tom. He did live a good. You ever meet him? You, <laughs> no. meet, you know every. You know everybody. You've never met him, huh? Not only that, but I'm disappointed because I've never been to the mansion. It seems like everyone has been to the mansion, but I have not. Oh, Although I hear it's kind of like not that great anymore. It's not the same anymore. They change chefs same. and all that. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. The, just, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the, that's the big difference. The uh, Hey, I want to say and real, oh, one other thing real quick. I went to see that Battle of the Sexes movie. I had a special uh, pass to get right, into Hold on. Hold on. Hey, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You can turn off your podcast now if you'd like to, but <laughs> Billy Jean Bill- King wins. Oh no! Yeah, you told me. How was it? Because I'm a big, I'm a big. Let me just say this up front before you tell me about the movie, and I want to know all about it because I probably won't see it. Um, I'm a big. She does win. You're right about. Yeah, I know that. I I was actually alive when that happened. Bruce Bruce Willis also saw. He's dead. dead, Yeah, and Anthony Uh, Perkins is his own mom. But go ahead. Really? See, now that I didn't know, I'd seen that movie a million times. I didn't realize that. Um, I'm a big Emma Stone fan. Yes. So 
was she did she did she capture billy jean like like almost spinning image like or was it just sort of they, am they i gonna like of, her in this movie yes yes you are gonna like her very if you like emma stone you're gonna like her very much in this movie although here's the thing as i was watching the movie i couldn't help but think i'm watching emma stone <laughs> they, you know i mean it's she's such she's become such a star that you can't help the, but Thank, Even oh, dressed up as Billie Jean King, she was. She Emma is. Stone. She's not Billie Jean King. She's Emma Stone dressed up as Billie Jean King. She kind of. She doesn't look like Billie Jean King. They try to make her look like Billie Jean King, but it's. But she's fabulous in the movie. And Steve yeah. Carell. Steve Carell's really. He really does capture uh, Bobby Riggs. Uh, no, he's a ringer for him. I mean, he looks like him. Yeah, he looks like him, and, and he acts like him. And he, so anyway, I highly recommend the movie. It's very good. You'll enjoy it. It, it. And here's the thing. My wife was even talking about this. Even though you know how it ends, they actually made the match, which is like the last 15 minutes of the film or so, actually very dramatic and very compelling. Even really? though you know who won, it's there were people in the wasn't audience like straight clapping. Sets, and stuff. Though? I mean, there was straight sets. She wiped them out. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean, there were a couple of dramatic moments in it, but she won like six, six four, six three, six four, something like that. But it was, it was, uh, it was dramatic enough that that. Even though you know who won, you you still got into it. You still got some some Everybody stand up and clap, yeah. or what are we talking? At the about? end, they did. Yeah, at the end, people stood up. And, yeah, yeah. Really? No, it was good. It was it was very good. And you also realized the struggle that she went through just to get women's tennis on the map. It was really it's really well done. Really, I highly recommend it. So cool. Go see it if you can. Yeah. So anyway, coming up on Friday, we got our big football Friday. We'll give you the updates on what's going on with the Bucks. Our thanks to Steve Verstick, and we'll talk to you guys on Friday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 